Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And another question has been answered when it comes to the silver and black, and that is who's the next play-by-play guy? Who's going to take over for Brent Musburger? Well, we just found out, and we were introduced to Jason Horowitz, who uh, Sirius XM, Westwood 1, NCAA Final Four, plenty of football coverage, ESPN. I mean, he's done all kind of different things. Uh, just was on for an extensive interview with JT the Brick, uh, about 20 minutes in length, and uh, really got to introduce himself to Raider Nation. So that answer has now been uh, revealed. Uh, now we all know who the play-by-play voice is going to be for the Silver and Black moving forward to tag team with Lincoln Kennedy, and that's good because uh, football starts for the Silver and Black next week. I can't believe it. Every time I say that football gets started next week for the Raiders, I realize they play their first actual game. Preseason or not, it's still a football game, and that'll take place next week in Canton, Ohio. And, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920 will be there to bring you all the sights and sounds as Cliff Branch and Richard Seymour will both be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio because another day of training camp has now been put in the books. So uh, they were off on Monday. We were back out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, earlier this morning. And they actually took their, uh, their, their party inside. So we were on the indoor facility this morning, and they're just kind of ramping up for that, that day, which is tomorrow which is when they put pads on. So pretty excited about that. Of course, we'll tell you all about that throughout the course of the show. Excited about the show today. Excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show. And super excited. Sometimes you just got to put your head on a swivel and you got to pivot. And super excited to find out who the play-by-play voice is for the Raiders. And Jason Horowitz had no idea that that was going to be revealed today. Then all of a sudden got the heads up that come 1 o'clock they were going to make the announcement and then he was going to be available to, to talk to JT. And so uh, he did that. And so, hey, that was a great lead-in to the show today. So we're on with you for the next two and a half hours, and that's good. We're going to rock with you and have a good time. And uh, got a lot of good guests coming up, including our next guest that's going to actually come up in about three minutes, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, just to kind of get you caught up on all things training camp and what he's expecting and what he's looking for as, as far as the Raiders and, and what they do once they put on the pads that starts tomorrow. And uh, I can't wait to get out there and see. And we talked to multiple uh, players today, especially the offensive linemen, that cannot wait to put the pads on. I mean, they really are excited. Like, I mean, the offensive line, they're putting in work. And, of course, it's a unit that everyone's paying attention to to see how they develop and to see what they look like because, you know, I mean, in the trenches is where games is won. They can't really do a whole lot until they have the pads on. So knowing that the pads will be on tomorrow, starting tomorrow, the offensive linemen, they were juiced. Brandon Parker, Colton Miller, both are pretty excited to know what they're going to get into starting tomorrow. Then at 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Uh, just kind of scatter shooting, going through what's going on across the league as uh, multiple teams, almost all the teams in the league now have reported to training camp. So it's not just the silver and black out there performing. So there's a lot of uh, things going on across the league, including Tom Brady getting a new weapon in, uh, in Tampa Bay with Julio Jones, who, as DeMond knows, Julio Jones wasn't really the Julio Jones of old uh, last season in Tennessee. And I think that he's really, I don't want to say a shell of himself. Obviously, he's not the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, but he still still can be serviceable. You know, they got they got a nice little weapon in Julio Jones. So what did you think when you saw that, DeMond, knowing he played for Tennessee last year? That 
it's this is a a little it, it doesn't matter. That's all this is. I don't think that this is going to have any impact on Tampa Bay's playoff implications or them maybe winning a Super Bowl. Is he going to replace Antonio Brown? Maybe, but I don't think that it's going to have that big of an effect because you already got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It's just another depth piece, but we don't know how good he's going to be because right. I honestly, I think he's washed too. I believed in him last year. Uh, yeah, once. you did. You yeah, believed in him I last fooled. year, and I tried to that tell you that he wasn't that guy. I, yeah, I got fooled. Before me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. And I will not be fooled again this year by Julio Jones. You definitely messed that saying up, but that's okay. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> it's actually uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I won't get fooled again. That's how it's supposed to go. But, hey, as a guy who messes up sayings all the time, <laughs> I, hey, I ain't mad at you because I might have messed it up my damn self. Anyway, so Cover 3 is coming up at 3 o'clock, NFL News and Notes of the Day. Then at 3.30, how about the return of the Black Hole Banter? What do you mean by that? Well, my tag team partner, when I first got started on uh, doing a Raider podcast, before there was the Locked On Raiders podcast, there was the Black Hole Banter podcast with James Arcelana, my homeboy. He's from he's Oakland through and through, and uh, we actually met by way of Twitter. We didn't know each other personally before, but we put together a hell of a run on a great podcast. I thought it was a great podcast, the Black Hole Banter, and that's how uh, I introduced myself to a lot of Raider Nation, and Raider Nation introduced themselves to me. He's going to join the show at 3.30 just to talk about his excitement level for the Raiders this, uh, this upcoming year. So that's coming up at 3.30. And then at 4 o'clock, we heard from Jason Horowitz. He was on with JT, right? Well, how about his tag team partner? How about the color commentator? Lincoln Kennedy. Big Lincoln's going to join us at 4 o'clock. He'll talk about Jason Horowitz. He'll talk about the new chapter in the broadcasting world for the Raiders. But he'll also talk about training camp, the offensive line, as we talk to Colton Miller and Brandon Parker. He'll talk to us about what he expects to see once they get the pads on and how you'll determine and know if this team is going to be what this team has the potential to be, and if that offensive line has the potential to do that. So we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy at 4 o'clock, and then at 4.30 you'll actually hear Colton Miller's media session from earlier today. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And to help us kick off the opening drive, we have our good friend Vic Tafer from The Athletic, at Vic Tafer on Twitter. Join us now on the phone lines. And Vic, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And as a guy who is always at the games, whether it's on the road or at home, how much does the voice of the Raiders mean to to Vic Tafer? <laughs> that's, that's quite a question. Uh, <laughs> I guess it means a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not always on the radio listening to uh, the games, but definitely, I think um, people who are fans, it's important that they tune in. If you can't watch the game on TV, so yeah, that's a big deal. I think it's a, it's a cool hire, yeah. a fresh voice. So, looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, no, I think it's a cool hire as well. I just, I mean, like I said, I know that you're always at the games, and so I don't really know how much you might have, like, the headset on listening. Or, if you know, I mean, just because that's just what it is. I mean, the job kind of takes that away from you, that opportunity. So I didn't know if you were, uh, you know, really into that making a big difference, you know, as far as your job goes, you know, as far as your coverage of the team, which you cover the team like a glove. So uh, that that's kind of where I, where I was going with that. But, uh, yeah, Jason Horowitz and, and Lincoln Kennedy now, they'll be the, the two voices for the silver and black. Obviously, Lincoln's been doing the color commentary, so now Jason Horowitz takes over as the play-by-play guy. Well, I know one area of the team that, you know, obviously you're paying attention to, that's – the whole thing, and, and, and in particular the offensive line. We talked to multiple offensive linemen today, Brandon Parker and Colton Miller, and they're excited about putting on the pads. When the offensive linemen can actually put the pads on, how much can you actually see about the, from their development, in your opinion? 
Yeah, I definitely see a lot more than he can, you know, so far. I think it's uh, it's been tough. I know Edmund and Red and the program also up this past week because it uh, doesn't really mean a lot until the pads go on. So I think, you know, Lester Cotton obviously is the hot name right now. He's the only man standing at the right guard spot. So I'm curious to see how he looks. And I know he's got some power, but he's moving pretty well. Other hands are doing good things. So, yeah, I think definitely putting pads on and seeing what they can do uh, when, it, when it matters definitely is a big step towards the day or what they're going to have on that front line. Denzel Good, we found out about him retiring yesterday. Uh, how much of a blow is that just to the depth of the Raiders' offensive line? Yeah, I think it's a blow because I just assumed, based on the contract he had, I assumed all offseason like he was going to be there you know, at some point. Like, well, you got Denzel Good, who's a, you know, a very solid veteran guy, so I kind of plugged him in. I never really thought about him not being there, but I think um, I'm not sure if so much coming back from the injury, if it was just a bad fit with the new staff. I think the, the pay cut. Um, last week, so I just think that it wasn't going to work out, so yeah, it's a huge void, and like you mentioned right now, Lester Cotton's getting those snaps, but I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy, if they sign somebody else, so they have to ask other guys, you know, uh, Elman one of the veteran guys who can step up, so I'm curious to see what happens here in camp the rest of the way. You know, multiple people have asked me what I thought was going to happen with that offensive line. I keep saying, well, now that pads go on tomorrow, you know, they'll probably give them a few days just to see what they look like with the pads on, once some physicality is going on, and then they'll make a decision if they have the guys in-house or else they need to go out of the house and, and bring some guys in. Do you, is that kind of the way you think it's going to play out as well? Yeah, for sure. I think they have some money, and we know that you know, they're completely under the, under the cap. So I think there's some, some veteran guys out there who uh, may not be sexy names, the guys who played and started in the league for a while. Might give that veteran touch, which Lester Cotton just doesn't have a lot of reps as far as that goes. So, yeah, I think you give the young guys a chance to kind of uh, see what they have, and there's never too, you know, plenty of time to work in a veteran uh, with some experience uh, off the free agent market. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. As far as uh, Derek Carr, there was obviously a, a big dust-up last week, and I don't, don't care to get into the whole dust-up, but, you know, he had talked to you, that article, and was talking about no one, you know, is really talking about us. And, you know, he said he said it one level, and he meant another thing. But what do you feel like, you know, his, his ceiling is in this offense with the weapons that he has around him, if the offensive line is able to, to, to hold it down and, 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 and play the role that they are expected to play? Yeah, well, it better be sky high, right? He's got, uh, he's got his, you know, his college buddy, Devontae Adams. He's got one of the top three tight ends in the league, Darren Waller, and one of the top slot guys in Renfro. So just that right there, I mean, all those, those guys will be open almost immediately when the ball's hiked. So he's a quick delivery kind of guy. So ideally, the O-line, even if it has not, you know, top notch, should be enough for him to get the ball off and, and make some plays. So, yeah, to my, in my mind, if it's not a top five offense, something definitely went wrong uh, this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I feel like their ceiling is so high for the potential of this offense, what they can really do, but we all know about potential. What have you made about all these different national outlets? And, and I keep trying to bring it to the show all the time just to let Raider Nation know that there's plenty of people giving the Raiders love right now. What have you been making of, of these different outlets giving the Raiders a bunch of love? Yeah, that was the one thing about Derek's comments about like, people aren't giving me any attention. I mean, every time I looked, he's talking, talking about Devontae Adams and the offense and just the Darren Waller. So I think there is a lot of hype and and again, the division's super tough. All four teams are getting a lot of, a lot of built up this offseason. And there's really so there's a lot of talent in this division. So I think that the people are definitely excited about this offense. There's obvious question marks about the O line and the defensive and the secondary a little bit. But uh, definitely, I think people will definitely want to see this offense go. And I think everyone's fired up to see this, you know, this division race and these games, especially the division games, are going to be really, really, really fun to watch. 
Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man Damon's got one for you. Yeah, Vic, in one of your most recent pieces, it was about Hunter Renfro and don't expect a fall-off from him in fantasy. But you, So you expect Renfro to also have a good season, but do you think that all three guys of this three-headed monster are going to be able to eat when it comes to receptions and yardage and touchdowns, all those things that people are looking for in fantasy? Yeah, it's like one of those Oprah Winfrey giveaway shows. Like, you get a thousand yards, and you get a thousand yards, and you get a thousand yards. I think those three guys are going to help each other out so much that those guys will definitely be able to, I think, get close to their numbers in the past. And I know it's a high bar for guys like Adams and Renfro, but and I looked at, you know, the stats in New England when Moss came up, boy. I was wondering if Moss took away some of the, the thunder from the slot guys. But, like, you know, the Elmer's numbers are still. Uh, really, really up there. Like he's definitely well over a thousand yards those years. So I don't think it really will hurt uh, Renfro as far as getting the ball or targets. I think it's enough, enough food for everybody to eat. You know, Vic. I think all those guys are going to eat for sure, like you do. I'm interested in who the other guy or guys is going to be. You know, the Mac Hollins, the Demarcus Robinson. You know, the Keelan Cole. Who can it be? You know, uh, Johnson, who's obviously got some speed. He, he beat Jonathan Abram today on a deep ball. Uh, who, who do you have your eye on, or, or do you have to wait until the pads go on before you can, you know, kind of start to single out who the other guy might be? Well, we all, you know, we all go into these things with our own ideas in our head, like our preconceptions. I'm a big Mac Hollins guy, so I think okay. Mac Hollins is a great signing. I think he's a, he's a big target, a red zone guy who is faster than you think he is. We read and hear all these good things about his teammates saying what a, a leader he is coming in. So I think Mac Collins is the guy. I think I'm also, Keelan Cole is a very uh, savvy veteran guy who runs routes pretty well, makes some plays. So the one guy I'm not, um, maybe I'm sleeping on is Demarcus Robinson. I know he made some plays with the Chiefs, but going in, in, in my mind, those three guys, he's on the bottom. And I could be wrong, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing them when the pads go on and the preseason games. But uh, in, in my mind, that's the order right now. It's Hollins, Cole, and then Robinson. So with Mac Hollins being your guy, are you already thinking <laughs> a little bit higher of him before he's even put pads on for the team Uh-oh. that he's getting so much praise with the Mac Hollins mile? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I love Mac Hollins before the Mac Hollins mile. That just shows you that the you know, I mean, you hear about all these guys coming from New England with the New England way. This guy's not a Patriots guy who obviously the staff liked. They saw him in Miami. He's come in, and I think he flashes the bird. He's also flashes his work ethic, and he fits in with the world that way. So I think uh, Matt Collins' mile is a great thing, having guys run after they lift in the offseason. Obviously, some guys are mad it was more than a mile. But, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, everything I've heard so far from guys on the team, both him and Jerron Harmer, Harmer are both big-time acquisitions as far as talent on the field. And also the ability in the locker room and, and, to, and on the practice field to get guys going and kind of lead by example. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic, talking all things Raiders here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So as far as the defense goes, uh, I, I was interested, and in, I mentioned it yesterday on the show, that the Raiders in the secondary don't have a whole lot of depth as far as guys that have been there done that. they got guys that have been in the league for some years, like five, six, four years, whatever the case may be, but they don't really have any big-time accolades. How how concerned should Raider Nation be about the, the depth in their secondary? I think a little bit. I mean, obviously, historically, it's always been a kind of issue. Every year, it kind of comes down to secondary, and it's kind of, you know, make them slip a little bit. But I think um, Mary Goffley has a lot upside, and uh, the other safety spot I mentioned, Harmon, I think, I think he'll be the guy, but I'm not sure where Abram fits in yet. We'll see how that goes. But I think Harmon will be the other starter at the safety spot. I like Rocky Hassan. I think he's, a, he's an up-and-coming guy who's gotten better every year. Uh, the other cornerback spot, I think, is wide open. Um, Mullen's got the foot injury. I'm not sure how serious that is. Right. And then uh, you know, Averitt's a guy who I think the staff likes. There's another guy I'm really excited to watch 
up close when pads go on because I think he could be the starter at the other cornerback spot. But I don't know a lot about him. He's had some flashes in the past, but he's a guy who definitely was his shot, had the one starting job and, and, and run with it. Yeah, he is. He's a guy that was forced into action, right, in Baltimore because of the injuries, and then he, he actually played some pretty good balls. So I'm interested to see what he can do. A lot of these guys are on one-year deals, and you know that when guys are on one-year deals, they're playing for contracts, so you see them go out there and ball out. And we'll close this out with this. Uh, how about the running back room? You know, there's obviously a lot of options. We haven't z- seen Zamir White out there yet in the last, like, three days. Uh, how concerned should, should anyone be that Zamir White, the rookie, out of Georgia's not out there? Yeah, it's a little concerning. I mean, hopefully we'll get some hints of what's going on if it's a serious deal. But, I mean, obviously it's good for Josh Jacobs if he's coming with the right frame of mind. He wants something to prove and to get his fifth-year option. I think he's in good shape. He's mentioned how he feels like he's faster this this camp. And uh, clearly if Jameer White can't you know, join that the rotation, you should have enough there still with, with Jacobs, Kidd, and Drake, and, and Bolden to have a, a pretty good running attack. Yeah, and Drake is looking really good. I was really surprised. I didn't think he was going to start training camp. Uh, I thought he was going to be on the pup list, to be honest with you. I just didn't think he was going to be ready to go. We saw him at the softball game uh, last week, last Monday, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's out there at training camp, and he's looking good. He's looking fast. How, how, big, how big of a deal is that, that Kenyon Drake is ready to go at the beginning of training camp, and he's looking pretty good so far? Yeah, he's one of the guys, uh, you know, kind of a matchup nightmare, along with the guys you mentioned, the Adams and, and Waller. I mentioned a guy who's lined up out wide. He can run, he's lined up anywhere in the backfield. He's, he has great hands and he can run the ball so up the middle. So I think Drake, you mentioned the guys, you know, in the, in the contract years, he's definitely a guy who also wants to uh, have a good year and, and get paid next year. So both he and Jacobs are kind of motivated, not only by winning and playing well, but also by proving the people around the league they still have it and they deserve another big contract. No doubt about it. Vic, what you got coming out on the athletic that we need to be on the lookout for? I think the big thing is I'm doing like the cornerback room thing. I'm kind of dig, digging all these guys. Like we talked about a little bit about you know, what their roles are in the background. Okay. So I'm going to do something on that, and hopefully I'll get the uh, GM at some point. But uh, just kind of watching. I'm really excited to watch practice and the pads go on and, and break it down and, and really see what they have. Yeah, man. Pads go on tomorrow. Very excited about that, and definitely appreciate uh, your time this afternoon, my man. Be safe, and we'll see you soon. All right, guys. Take care. All right, there he goes, Vic Tafer from The Athletic on Twitter, at Vic Tafer, simple as that. Uh, Go find his work, does a great job covering the the Raiders like a glove. So, uh, yeah, man, excited about when the pads go on, and the pads do go on on Wednesday. So we'll be out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll let you know how it all goes out. Hopefully we'll see Zamir White sooner rather than later. We'll talk to head coach Josh McDaniels on Thursday, so that'll probably be the earliest that we get an opportunity to get an update on Zamir White if we haven't seen him before then. So uh, many thanks to Vic for joining us on the show. 2.43 is the time. Before we go to break, the question that I wanted to throw, I like to always go ahead and bring a topic to the table, and I know we got off to a a different start today because uh, Jason Horowitz was on with JT a little bit of extended time. Uh, So, you know, that's how we do around here, though. I mean, we just want to make sure that you're provided the biggest and best coverage no matter who's doing the interview, who's doing the conversation, or who's on the radio. It doesn't matter. We're just trying to bring you everything that you need to know and get it to you and put it in your ear hole immediately. So the question that I want to ask you today who do you think will, you will learn the most about once the pads are on? So what I'm looking for, basically, is there a sleeper player that you want to learn about? Is there someone that you're hearing some good things about, but you want to see them once the pads go on? Because right now, this ramp-up period is good. It's good to see these guys out here participating. It's good to see these guys out there working. But it's kind of fool's gold at times. Sometimes you see some guys, and you're like, man, this dude's going to be a stud. This guy is great. But then when the pads come on and the physicality starts going, kicking in, then it's a different ball game. So 
Who do you think you're going to learn the most about once the pads are on? It could be a sleep, it's a sleeper player. Maybe it's a position group. Whatever the case may be, let me know about it. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. And the other question, since we heard from Jason Horowitz, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Raiders uh, announcing their new play-by-play caller? Uh, Jason Horowitz, SiriusXM, Westwood 1, uh, NCAA Final Four. He's done a lot of football, Super Bowl coverage. I mean, he's, he's got the skins on the walls. He's got the accolades. What do you think, Raider Nation? Let us know. Those are the two subjects that I want to throw out there. And of course, you could always hit us up with anything that you have on your mind as well. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Ask the question as we went to break about who do you think you're going to learn the most about once the pads are on, sleeper player or maybe even a position group? And then I also threw out the question, thoughts on the new play-by-play caller for the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. We'll be talking to Lincoln Kennedy, who'll be side-by-side, Jason, in the in the booth coming up at 4 o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But I threw out the question there. would love to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R, and then 702-365-9200. And I got a bunch of text messages I'll get to, but I got to get to this call that's not really a call because, well, Damon is going to basically break down what the caller had to say. So go ahead, Damon. Yeah, Joe from the Inland Empire listens every day. What up, Joe? All what right. up, though, Joe? Hey, Joe, what up, though? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, but to answer to your question on, like, the sleepers, he picked Josh Jacobs on, on the offensive side. And on the defensive side, he said Jonathan Abram. And Jonathan Abram, he went in more depth, and he said, I know people don't believe him in the coverage, but mm-hmm. he wants to see him, like, down in the box and, you know, going downhill making some tackles. Okay. He thinks that he can do that at least. Okay, sounds good, and I'll say this, and I'm not trying to pile on Jonathan Abram, but uh, Tyron Johnson beat Jonathan Abram deep down the field uh, during practice today. Now, to to Abram's credit, he had to cover for a very long time, and I honestly believe Derek Carr would have been sacked before he got the ball off, but in this instance, since there was nobody sacking the quarterback, he let it rip, and Tyron Johnson made a really good catch. And I'll say this. You want to talk about guys that I'm interested in seeing in pads. That's a guy I'm interested in seeing in pads. Tyron Johnson, he's number one. He's tall. Uh, he's got speed. He can get down the field. He, to me, has been doing really well so far in camp. But, again, it's no pads. So sometimes guys are different dudes once they have pads on. Matter of fact, a lot of times guys are different dudes once they have pads on. Uh, so I think that he could be one of those players that we're talking about, one of those wide receivers that – it's not Devontae Adams. It's not Hunter Renfro. It's not, you know, expected to get the, the action like Darren Waller, but could end up being a dude. Look out for Tyron Johnson. That's going to be one of my picks, and I'll be one of the guys I'm looking for with pads on tomorrow. But, yeah, he, he beat uh, Jonathan Abram deep. But, like I said, to Abram's credit, he had to cover for a very long time because I think that – I think Carr would have got sacked on the play. Matter of fact, I called sack before. That's what we do from the sideline, right? We're watching the play, and once you see, uh, you know, once you see the, the quarterback – get the ball and hold it for a couple seconds, we think how long it takes, and then we'll say, okay, sack. And sometimes that happens, and sometimes they get the ball off before there. But sometimes, and that's what I said on this play, uh, as Carr had the ball in his hand, I was like, sack, that's a sack. You know, that's, that's just me. That's just what we do as, uh, as guys that are covering the team from the sideline, just trying to, you know, figure out what we can figure out, you know, as much as we can, because we can't obviously film the session, and we can't tweet it out or anything. So, 
you know, that's that's the kind of games that we play in our heads. So uh, I like that. Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs, that's a really good one. Uh, did he have any more, or is that, is that all that he had to? That's all he had. Okay, cool. I like it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, how about this one? Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, I'm loving today's topic. I'm going to go for a dark horse today and say tight end Darren Waller. My gut feeling is telling me that when the pads go on, Waller's potential ceiling will be higher than the sky. New head coach McDaniels will find numerous ways to get him the ball. Go back to Coach McDaniels' days with New England, and Gronk was just a beast. Waller's time has just begun here, and opposing defenses better watch out. Expect Waller to play in beast mode here in 2022. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I like that because I do think Waller's in line for a really big season. I, I, I do. I fully believe he's in line for a, a, a big-time season, and I think that Josh McDaniels is going to use him to the best of his abilities. And McDaniels, again, I've given him a lot of credit for his play calling that he's had throughout the course of his career. I, I just think that he's going to do a great job of that. And then you can't double-team him because you got uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. So uh, in, that, in that regards, I agree 100%, but I wouldn't say it's a sleeper, <laughs> right? Because if, if you're still sleeping on Darren Waller, then something's wrong with you. But – in just the you know in the the case of him having a monster season, I can totally see where he's coming from. So uh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Mailman Raider said, "I think we're going to find out quickly what these cornerbacks are about. These guys are going against one of, if not the best, group of pass rushers or pass catchers in the league. Think that that'll let us know what we got when the pads come on. Should also make them better going against these pass catchers every single day. And that's the other thing. I think that last part of the Mailman Raiders text is the key." I believe that iron sharpens iron. I've always believed that. And I think that going up against Devontae Adams, going up against Hunter Renfro, going up against Darren Waller, and the likes of others, the Matt Collins, the Tyron Johnsons, you know, the Demarcus Robinsons, the Keelan Coles, just going up against the, that many different guys and, and, and doing it at a heavy rotation, I feel like that that's got to make you better, right? I mean, it's just you really don't have any options. If you're going up against that, those guys and you're not trying to get embarrassed out there, you're going to you know, step your game up, if, if not a, by anything else but accident. I mean, you just at, at some point just have to be a lot better. Then when you get against, go against someone in, in a game and you're like, oh, man, this is nothing. I've been going up against Devontae Adams in practice every week. You know what I mean? Like, this is cool. This is easy. So I do feel like that that's going to go a long way in really helping these guys uh, move forward. And also, like when we had Mike Haynes on the show, when he talked about how he would help players out on the other side of him and during practice, I think Devontae Adams is going to provide that same element of, hey, I was able to beat you there because I saw the way you were shifting to the left a little bit before this play was even snapped. And right. those things, like once yeah. pads actually get put on, yeah. that's actually that's also going to be a big help to these defensive backs who we all can just say it need to get a little bit better before the season starts. For sure, for sure. No, Nobody is a finished product right now. Every single player on that team needs to get a lot better before the season starts. The good thing about it is they still have four preseason games and they have plenty of time before September 11th gets, gets uh, here. But it'll be here sooner than you know, right? I say that. I say that it's a long way away, and before you know it, They'll be out there ready to rock and roll. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point, DeMond. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, got another text from Raider 8 Joe one He said, what up, Q? I want to see how physical our newly drafted O and D linemen could be. We need them to be big, strong, and stout. They need to contribute big time starting right now. Talking about Dylan Parham. Uh, talking about uh, Thayer Munston. Talking about Matthew Butler. Uh, talking about Neil Farrell Jr. Those are the guys on the on the interior, the offensive line and the defensive line that the Raiders just drafted. Those guys. I think the guys on the offensive line are probably going to be maybe relied on a little bit sooner than the defensive line. But as we know, there's multiple guys on the in interior of that defensive line 
on the pup list right now. So if they're out for an extended amount of time, then a guy like Matthew Butler, a guy like Neil Farrell Jr. will be needed sooner rather than later. So a great text, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Keep those texts and calls coming, 256 at a time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show, but we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We'll talk about the the, the guys that you think you're going to learn a lot about once the pads come on. And we'll get your thoughts on Jason Horowitz, the new Raiders play-by-play guy. And we'll get into cover three. we got a lot coming up to start hour number two of the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.